Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We're in the What Next series, and uh, this is one of my favorite series that we do every year because it takes us on a journey the Bible from Exodus all the way through Scripture in various ways, styles, and forms, and cultures, and seasons, God tells us the same thing, and we're going to bring it from the old to the new today, but I want to talk to you today about discovering your purpose. Go to Psalms chapter 92, you'll see it in your notes, verse 13, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. To know and experience everything that God has for you and I, we must place ourselves in the right environment. How many knows that the environment around you has a direct effect on what's really going to happen inside of you? Anybody ever heard of this place called Death Valley? Death Valley in America, it is known as the hottest and the driest and the deadest place in America. But in 2004, something that had never happened before took place And over a short period of time, over seven inches of rain fell in Death Valley in the winter of 2004. Nothing happened immediately, but a few months later in the spring of 2005, this turned into something totally different. And the reality was that Death Valley was not dead, it was just dormant. There were seeds and life under the ground, but the environment had kept that that was alive, dead, and dormant. And can I say to many of us in the church today that there is so much inside of us that God wants to bring out that he has planted inside of us that's going to be a part of fulfilling our purpose and it's not dead. The enemy's tried to tell you over and over and over because of things of your past, things that have happened to you, situations you've gone through in life, the pains and the hurt that you've carried for multiple years, that you'll never reach that potential you would have reached had that not happened to you. And he's told you that your dream and your purpose is dead. But I want to say to you today, it's never been dead. It's just been dormant. And when you plant yourself in the house of the Lord and you connect with a group of people that's going where you want to go, all of a sudden that that looked parched and dead is about to flourish and become alive again in your heart and in your life. God has great plans for you. You see, in the right environment, the greatest version of you ever is about to happen. In Psalm 1611, the psalmist declared, you will show me the path of life. Say path of life. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And in this series, what's next, we're taking you on what this path of life looks like that is given, as I said, from Exodus 6 all the way through Scripture. He shows us these four things, these four parts and stops on this journey that he wants you and I to take to fulfill his ultimate purpose in our life. We see it in Exodus 6, 400 years the Jewish people had been kept in slavery by the Egyptians and by Pharaoh. After 400 years of bondage and slavery, God brings them out and he gives them four promises. Number one, he said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to save you. He said, number two, I'm going to free you from being slaves. He said, number three, I'm going to deliver you. 
and I'm going to make you my people. We call it today, and translating in today's language, that he wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover your purpose, and then he wants you to go make a difference. Now, let's look at those in the New Testament. We see in Exodus, or excuse me, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you may know him, God, better. Pastor Brad brought it in such a powerful way that that first step, that he wants you to do is he wants you to come and know God. He he wants you to come and have that experience with him, to, to know him. And then he goes on in that scripture and he says, and I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Once you know God, you're now in a position and a relationship with him that our eyes can be open and our hearts can be enlightened, not only to him, but with the things in our life that we're struggling with. That, that we didn't really notice and see those hurts, those pains, those addictions, those wounds, the, those things in our life that have kept us from progressing forward all of a sudden. And again, Pastor Brad brought an amazing message on finding that part, that freedom in our life that as God begins to open our eyes, I don't have to carry this anger for the rest of my life. I don't have to carry the wounds of that molestation that I had when I was a child. I, I don't have to live that out to my grave. I don't have to deal with this for the rest of my life. I can find that freedom all of a sudden. My eyes and my heart has been opened because of the love of a father that I now know personally that he doesn't want me to to deal with this for the rest of my life. He wants me to be healed. He wants me to be whole. How many children has messed up? Besides mine. Now, how many has a child messed up? How many is glad your parents didn't change your last name because you messed up? Come on, somebody. And God in heaven's not looking for a reason to reject you. He's looking for a way to heal you, to restore you back into that family and let you know that you're more special today. Listen, the days that my children messed up were the days they needed a father the most. And thank God, God in heaven is saying, once you know me, I want to open your eyes. I want to move in your heart. I want you to see those things that the enemy's been using to destroy you. And I want to bring healing and restoration in your life. I want to free you. And that brings us to the message today. We teach us and he tells us in the scriptures that he, he wants to come and bring in order that you may know the hope. Well, we're going to deal with this now. Say hope. I've been going fast. I want to get to this. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And this is the message today. Number one, that you know God. Our ultimate desire here at Transformation Church is not just to count you as a number. That number's not, the numbers that matter in this church are the numbers of salvation and baptism. Numbers in the pews, that's not what we count. We want to know how many people met Jesus today. How many people said yes to him? How many people are telling the world through a baptism experience that I'm a new person in Christ Jesus? The old is dead. The new is alive. Those are the numbers that count. You keep those numbers healthy, these numbers will take care of themselves. And he's coming in here and he's saying, I want you to discover, I want you to know the hope to which he has called you. This leads to discovering your purpose because your hope and your calling are directly connected. 
The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not yet seen. My faith is my hopeless. You hope for a good marriage. You hope for the right spouse. You hope for a healthy family. You hope for a productive career. You hope for financial income. You hope for a healthy body. All of my faith is based up in my hope, but can I tell you that the calling of God on your life is directly connected to your hope? That your good marriage is directly connected to God's calling on your life. Your business being successful is directly connected to the calling of God on your life. Your children being healthy and serving God is directly connected to you fulfilling your purpose in God because if you're not connected to your purpose, you're not fulfilled. You can't be the husband or wife your spouse needs. And so our hope and our calling are directly connected. Hope is only found. We're looking for hope in politics and and in money and in marriage. And we're looking for hope in all these places. But hope can only be found when you identify and engage in why God put you on this earth. What is my purpose here? But you see, calling and purpose are not the same. All of us are called to the same thing. Everyone in this room has the same calling. As a Christian, that's called the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, bring disciples, make disciples, baptize them. That's the calling of every one of us in this room. The calling hasn't changed and it doesn't vary. All of us have the same calling, but we have a different purpose in fulfilling the calling. How many is glad that everyone in this church isn't the preacher? That would be chaotic, wouldn't it? How many's glad everyone's not the piano player, the keyboard player? How many's glad everybody's not greeting in the hallway and nobody's with the children? We all have a purpose in fulfilling the same calling that God has placed upon us. There's an example. When I I was a lead pastor for 38 years. For 38 years. And when we started this church in our living room with 13 of us, and look where we are today. Some people ask me all the time, did you expect this? I said, oh, this ain't it. It's bigger than this. If I didn't expect this, why even start it? No, but look at what God's doing. But for 38 years, I was the lead pastor. But seven years ago, after a Sunday service on Fairfield, we went home in the Holy Spirit. And before we went home, we had a little meeting, lunch thing. And Pastor Brad began to talk and he began to say things about what God was speaking into his heart. And I was listening, and when I got home that night, I began to pray and ask God, what was that conversation about? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I'm now transferring the vision that I've had in your heart to your son's heart, and you need to start preparing him and transitioning him into the place of the lead pastor of this church. I'm going to begin to tell him things and show him things that I used to show you and tell you, but now I'm only going to show him and tell him. And the visionary of the house was shifting, and over a three, four-year time frame, we transitioned. And so my calling never changed, but my purpose did. Come on, somebody. Don't own your purpose. Own the calling, because your purpose can change. And today, the church is flourishing like it's never flourished before because the right person's up here. And it's Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin and and the whole team. And I'm trying to say to you today that don't own the calling, but don't own the purpose. Identify the purpose. And we do that through our next steps where we help you identify the gifts 
and the passions that are inside of you that you can connect because the Bible said that the body is made up of many members. And he said, does the head tell the foot you're not important? Does the hand, does it tell the eye that we don't need to see? No, the Bible says the body is made up of many members and every person is equally important. How many is glad somebody's got your little infant in the nursery this morning so you can enjoy church? How many is glad somebody's teaching your child about Jesus, not babysitting in the back? Come on, somebody. How many is glad that you're hearing a message that's not telling you you're going to hell, but you can get to heaven every Sunday and how to get there? And it's every one of us finding our purpose, identifying with our purpose so that we can help fulfill the calling. And you see, we've got to come and understand that your hope in life is only found when you connect with that purpose. But here's the sad part. All the statistics tell us that only 13% of Christians in church every Sunday ever identify their purpose and begin to fulfill it which means that 87% of the church world today is going to church, singing all the praises of Jesus and going home miserable and living life as a survivor instead of a thriver. And we get to heaven, but boy, we wore out when we get there and unhappy because we never connected with our purpose while here on earth. God's got a much better life than that for us today. You see, we've got to understand, here's, here's what happened. You see, God wants you to come. When Jesus told the the Israelites, I'm bringing you out, there's this thing called the Seder. And all the other times in the Jewish culture, and I'm a lover of Israel. Yes, sir, I'm a Zionist. But understand that what he did was he brought them out of 400 years of slavery, and he gave them four promises. And every other situation in the Jewish culture, when they take communion, they would use one cup. But in this one moment when he was talking about the four promises, he used four cups, one for each promise. And I want to tell you why. Very important in this message today. Because when he came to the first promise, he said, I want you to know me. I want you to have a personal relationship with me. And so the Jewish people and we as Christians today, we still honor this same pattern because it goes all the way through the New Testament. He says, I want you to know me. Anybody here got a personal relationship with Jesus this morning? He said, when you know me and you have that personal relationship, he said, drink of that cup. Celebrate that now you've accepted and you're enjoying this one promise. It sealed that promise. I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior this morning. He said, then you can go up to promise number two, which is where you find your freedom. And you begin to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I'll give you the will and the power to do it, Jesus said. You tried to quit that alcohol and that drug addiction. You tried to get rid of that anger. You tried to get rid of that shame from that molestation when you were a child. You tried all of that. But now that you know me, you've now opened the door that I can come into your life and begin to free you from all of that junk and all of that mess and all of that filth that has owned you. And when all of a sudden you start working out and your eyes are open as we just read and your heart's been moved and now I don't have to live like this the rest of my life. I'm gonna begin to walk out the freedom that's made available in me in Christ. Jesus says now, drink of that cup. And you've sealed that, that you're never going back to that world. You're a new person in Christ. Now you're walking out the freedom that Jesus can make alive in you. And then you go to today discovering your purpose. 
but only 13% in the church get here. You want to know why? Because in my generation, the church didn't separate the two. We combined the two right here that your salvation was based on how good you did today. Oh, we're in the right church now. I heard some owning and owning in here. Oh, you, oh I'm, I'm in love with Jesus, but I told somebody off today, well, you need Jesus again. You didn't really get saved. Oh, I went out and got lit last night. Oh, you really need Jesus. Woo. Now, I'm not condoning going and getting lit, all right? How well, many's glad he still loves you when you mess up? Come on, come on. Help me in here. We never, we commingled the two promises. We didn't separate them. And when you never feel like you're good enough, you will never attempt to fulfill the purpose that God has called and placed within your life. But I want to tell you today, old things are passed away. All things have become new. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so understanding that, I want to talk to you today very quickly about three purpose killers that the enemy wants to bring to steal your purpose and keep you from fulfilling God's ultimate plan and destiny in your life. Because your family, your marriage, everybody look at me one second. We, we've reversed this. We think if we get all of this going good, then we can serve God and be happy. You've got to connect with your purpose before all of this can go good. You're never going to have a good marriage if you're not connected to your purpose because you're not fulfilled. And if you're not fulfilled, you can't fulfill the needs of your spouse. You can't be a good parent that you want to be if you're not happy with yourself. You can't build a productive business and be successful in a career if you don't know who you are and why you're here. I own a company now. I renovate homes, but that's my ministry. There's about eight families that attend this church right now because I painted their house or put in their floors. I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing everywhere I go. My greatest mission field right now is the dump. It really is. I, I tell Pastor Brad all, every week, I like, want another one to Jesus at the dump this week. I do. Adam's with me. He works with me part-time, and we go to the dump. I'm always looking for somebody that's got a big load, and we help them unloading it. While we're unloading it, how long you lived here? Where are you from? My name's Dan Livingston. My son pastors. I'm going to tell him I'm a pastor. My son pastors a church here in Pensacola. What's the name of Transformation Church? And we start talking. Where do you go to a church? And, and I've led seven people to Jesus at the dump this year. But the enemy wants to steal your purpose. I don't need a platform to fulfill my purpose. I don't need a pulpit to fulfill my calling. I just need a person. That gets us to this. You see, Satan desires to kill the purpose of God in you. He wants to put you back into step two. See, listen to me today. Satan doesn't care if you go to church. He doesn't even care if you know God. He didn't even care if you're struggling with your alcohol addiction or your anger or your uh, stuff that's going on in your world. He just don't want you in step three. Because when you get into step three, you start changing the lives of other people. Now you've got his attention. Come on, you with me. He didn't care if you know Jesus miserable. He just don't want you to know him satisfied. And so it's this step three that the enemy wants to kill, and that's why only 13% of the people in the church ever get there. So let's look at this today. These purpose killers, number one, 
is unfulfilled expectations. Now, I'm going to say, and I'm just going to put it out there because I don't know when I'll preach again. He asked me more than I do it. I say no a lot because I love hearing my son preach. There's no greater feeling than being on the front row and knowing that's my, I don't even call him a boy now. That's my man up there. (laughs) He weighs way more than me. All right. (laughs) Unfulfilled expectations. Now, I'm going to just put it out there. Romans, the apostle Paul said, offenses will come. They're going to come. But everybody look at me. You will never fulfill your purpose alone. Your purpose is directly connected to other people, not like you. They didn't grow up like you. Their experiences aren't like yours. They don't think like you. Everything about us is different. And we have this unfulfilled expectation. Well, I never thought that would have come out of their mouth. I never thought they would think that way. I'm not condoning what someone says. I'm saying we can't let what they do, let the enemy now steal my purpose because I had an unfulfilled expectation. Are you with me? Somebody does something. It may be your marriage. You had an unfulfilled expectation. It may be your family, your friends, your job, your ministry. You expected one thing and you saw or received the total opposite of that. People are leaving churches left and right right now because they got offended. They're breaking friendships right now because of all these issues that the enemy's throwing out there in our society. It's not even about the issue. He wants the church broken. He wants the church divided. And it's not that these things aren't real. We just can't fall into the trap of the enemy. We always want to grow. We always want to learn. We want to learn from each other. We want to grow from each other. We want to mature from each other. But I'm telling you today, don't let the enemy use an offense where you had an expectation that did not get met by someone else and you let the enemy steal your purpose. He just won in every arena of the situation. And he wants to come and steal that. He wants to kill the purpose of God in your life. You see, God doesn't respond to your prayer as you expected. People do things, they say things, they suggest things that are hurtful and offensive to you. And the offense is very real to you. The pain is very real. I'm not diminishing because all of us have experienced it, but we cannot fall trapped to the enemy. How many is thankful for what God is doing right here at TC? We're not the only church in this city. There's great churches in this city, but I go to this one and I'm thankful for it. But I'm proud of what God is doing. I'm grateful for what God is doing. But don't sit back and think that the enemy's just going to go, oh, that's cute and okay. No. He knows the only way to stop what God is doing here is to try to bring a fence between each one of us. To steal our purpose. To kill our purpose. He wants to do it through means outside of this church. He wants to come and let you lose and feel that, man, I expected more from people. I, I, I thought Pastor Brad would have handled that better. I, I, I didn't like that sermon that he preached. I don't agree with his philosophy there. Or that person did this. Or that. Listen today. I, I, I have a family. I, I have my wife and four children. And with six of us, and when we were six of us in our house, we never agreed on anything. Especially when four of them are female. But you got to come and understand today that you're never going to agree on everything 
And though this may sound real, I'm just telling you today, this is what the enemy wants to do because he wants to keep us in that 13%. But I say, let's reverse it at TC and make it the 87. Are going to find our purpose. Let's even go better and say about 99.9. We're going to find our purpose and we're going to fulfill it in the calling of God that's on our life. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Number two, the second purpose killer is unrelenting doubt. Romans 14, 23, the apostle Paul said, but whoever has doubt is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whoever does not proceed from faith, it is sin. The enemy wants to come and bring this unrelenting doubt, doubt in God's word, doubt in God's promises. Well, you told me, God, and it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening, God. He wants to bring this doubt. Doubt your marriage, doubt your finances, doubt your health. Satan knows that if he can get you in a mindset of doubt, the struggles of your life take priority and your purpose gets put on hold. That all of a sudden, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills and I begin to doubt that he said, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging for bread. That doctor threw that report in your lap and you forgot, and all of a sudden the enemy wants to bring doubt, but Jesus had already promised us that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement was, of his peace was placed upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. The enemy wants to put all that doubt into your spirit and into your heart, and it's not even that situation he's wanting to kill. He's wanting to stop your purpose. He wants to get you doubting these other things that God's not going to heal my marriage. God's not going to do this to my children. God's not going to do this to my finances. And if he can get you in unbelief here, he kills the purpose here. So you go to church, you worship him, but you never enjoy the fulfillment of God in your life because the enemy has you so consumed with doubt in these other areas of your life that you feel you're not worthy, capable, or equipped to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Then it leads us to number three. The third purpose killer is unchangeable circumstances. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Every one of us in this room have experienced this. These circumstances that will not go away. Nothing's going to change them. Those deep wounds, those deep hurts that cut to the core of your heart and your emotions. Those times where you said, that person, they'll take a bullet for me, and then you find out later their fingerprint was on the trigger of the weapon that tried to kill you. The words, the attitude, can't change those things. Betrayal by those you call family or friend, the loss of a loved one. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it, but it's here, and the memories of it, the pain of it, and the hurt of it are never going to go away. Many know mine. There's many. They got a picture of him. That's my buddy. 
That's my grandson that I lost next month. It'll be three years ago. Brad Nashley's little boy, Javen. He's supposed to be hunting with me this fall. He's not here. I can't change that. Every day, every day, May the 18th, at 8.13 in the morning will be three years that he left us. And every day I feel the same pain as I did that morning that he left. I wish he was here. I can't change that, but I can use his story. I can tell his story. I got his name tattooed here with a deer head because before he was born, I had him a four-wheeler, 7 mil 8 rifle, camo, gloves, boots. Now I take him with me every day. I've led three people to Jesus because of that tattoo. His name, there's havens all over the country now because of him. I can tell his story. You see, you will never see the promises of tomorrow until you let go of the pain of yesterday. I'm going to say that again. You will never see the promises of tomorrow until you let go of the pain of yesterday. And you've got to come and understand that there's unchangeable circumstances that have happened in your life. Nobody can change what you went through as a child. As a 12-year-old boy, I went through a horrific experience that changed my life, and I still walk and deal with that today. And for many years, until the age of 38, it owned me until finally one day God brought a healing in my heart and the Holy Spirit owned it. And it doesn't dictate who I am today or who I can be today And I'm saying this to some of you today because God's got such purpose inside of you. He's got such destiny inside of you. He's put gifts and passion and purpose inside of you. And the enemy tried to steal it through an experience. He tried to steal it through a hurt. He tried to steal it through a wound. He tried to make it dormant and die inside of you. But the Holy Spirit wants to come today and breathe life inside of you because everybody look for me a second. Your story is directly connected to your pain. Your purpose is is directly connected to your pain. People in your society that don't know God today, they're not looking for a sermon. They don't want a sermon. They want a story. They want to hear your story. They want to hear what happened. They want to hear how you got to where you are. They want to know how are you smiling when I know what you came through. How can you have this much joy when I know the hurt that you've suffered? How can you have such an outlook on life and and you're happy and you're fulfilled? They don't want a sermon. They want your story. And to have your story, you've got to put aside and not let the enemy steal what you can't change. You can't change it, my friend. God, I wish I could have my grandson back. Oh, I wish I could hold him and play with him today. But I can't. I can't. I can't change it. So I can die, give up, let the purpose of my life die with it. Or I can step up and say, Javen, together we're going to tell a story. And we're going to change people's lives all across the country with your story. And just in the last three weeks, I've got calls from Miami, from Indiana, from Ohio, saying, Pastor Dan, will you come and and preach at a men's conference? Will you come and and preach at this? And I'm taking Jabin's story to every one of them. And I'm saying to you today, you've got a story. It's in your purpose. And if the enemy can kill your story... He deadens your purpose. But today, 
Don't let the unchangeable circumstances that have happened in your life, don't let the enemy use them to steal what God put you on this earth for. Tell your story. Tell your story. Fulfill your purpose. Go into next steps if you haven't already. We have it every Sunday. There in a two-Sunday experience, we will help you identify who you are, how God made you, what are your gifts, and what are your passions. And I'm going to close with this. I love what Pastor Brad said. He said it several times, but he said something one Sunday. He said, give us one year. At TC, give us one year. Give us one year of your life. Go to Next Steps, two weeks, and then give us one year. And I promise you, at the end of that year, not one person has come back and said, I wish I hadn't done that. But in that one year, we will help you define who you are, discover how and why God made you, and connect you in an opportunity that you can full out fulfill that purpose and that passion and that calling. And then that leads us to promise number four that Pastor Brad is going to bring next Sunday where all of a sudden you begin to make a difference in the lives of others. And can I tell you, they just did a survey and they said that the number one goal in humanity today from the wealthiest to the poorest, when they did this, they said the number one thing that was said was that their goal was to somehow make a difference in the lives of others. We're going to help you do that in Jesus' name. Come on, how many is ready to discover your purpose? Let's walk it out. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you today for this amazing group of people, this amazing congregation. And God, I just pray right now over each one of them today that, Father, you will come and open our hearts, open our eyes, let us see, let us feel, let us know that you're a Father who loves us today. You've got great destiny for us. And God, I pray right now that, God, you will begin to just stir our hearts, God, that that purpose comes alive inside of us. And we come and we, we go from that desert land to that flourishing beauty of life, fulfillment, and purpose. And so, Lord, today I just pray over this congregation, God, as this church continues to grow and flourish, that, God, you'll continue to raise up people, Lord, in our purpose, in our passion, that we fulfill, God, the ultimate purpose on this earth, and that's to go make disciples for Jesus. I thank you for it today. And if you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today and I know about God, but I must confess today I'm not where I need to be with God, but I want to be. I want that change. I, I realize today I've, I've listened to the enemy and I've let him steal and steal and steal, but today I want to say yes, God. I want to say yes to you, Father. I'm not letting those things stop me from walking out my purpose in you. And if that's you today, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And we're going to all pray it together so that you don't feel alone. But I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. I ask you to come into my heart. Save me. Free me from all my sin. I give you my heart. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you join me and let's celebrate with these that have prayed today.